And welcome to the Blank Slate. Uh, this is your host, Rich. Uh, for the first episode, Sans Mullet. No mullet here today. Uh, he wanted to be here. He is, will be here in spirit. Uh, I, I see an indentation on my futon already. Uh, but with me here today over Skype are foremost soccer experts, or at least the foremost soccer experts I know personally. Uh, That's an important distinction. <laughs> Very mean, important. I gotta, you know, be honest with myself when it comes to these things. Uh, so, in Brooklyn, New York, Jeremy Katz, how you doing? I'm doing well, Rich. I'm excited. Glad to have you on. And Blank Slate, re- re- co- essentially co-host, but regular, uh, Tony Colt in Chicago. How y'all doing? Here we go, here we go. So... You guys have been brought here for a very important and specific task. And we will do this as long as you guys both have the steam and the energy for it. Or until the finals begin. Or until the fi- Well, you know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I've got it on in the background. We're good. It's just game one. We're, we're recording this Thursday night, game one of the NBA finals. And although we've talked about the NBA on most of our podcasts this is not about basketball we're not talking hoops at all we're talking about the world's sport football football soccer world cup coming up and here's how much i know about the world cup at least this time around when exactly does it start june 12th june, june 12th. 12th thursday mm-hmm. Fantastic. all right so Okay, cool. All right, uh, and it uh, here's what I do know about it. It's in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's that again. That's about it. So like, I don't know if where should, we should just you know start with like who would be the favorites kind of going in. Who are some of the underdogs? Who could like you know sort of make a name for themselves? Do you know the format of the World Cup? How it's going to be played? Like the is it still like group play and then? Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got really into the 2006 World Cup, like for no particular reason, like and just from the very beginning. Skipped. What's that? You skipped 2010. Well, I was more so peripherally watching 2010, but like t- 2006, I was just like I don't know, home in the summer and just like working a shitty movie theater job, and it was like the only thing on during the days, and I just got really, really into it. And then 2010, uh, I can't even remember what was happening that summer. But, yeah, so I just kind of, like, sort of fell by the wayside. But hear me up for this. What do I have to look forward to? What's going to be exciting, guys? Uh, All of it. Yeah, it's a very exciting World Cup for a number of reasons. I mean, all the pressure that's on Brazil to win the Cup in in Brazil and – Avenge the scars of 1950, yep. uh, where they lost the final to Uruguay um, in the Maracanã in front of what 200,000. Yeah. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. Yep. Not that big anymore, unfortunately. No, no, they've shrunk the Maracanã, but a lot of pressure is on Brazil. But they've got an incredibly strong squad. Um, they're trying to dethrone Spain, who I think are. Widely regarded as the best team in the world, probably the the, the best team of the last decade. They're uh, two, up there with, like nineteen seventy Brazil. People are starting to compare them to. 
Or at least this year's Brazil. No, the the current Spain team as ah. like historically some of the best. Nineteen seventy is the benchmark. Is what I as have. As far as like national teams go. Yeah, exactly. That was wow. Pele and the cast of the other Brazilians. I don't know the names of. <laughs> now, again, I don't know a lot of the guys, but Spain's guys is Cristiano Ronaldo. That is Portugal. Portugal. That's Portugal. Okay. Portugal. Yes. Who is Spain's yeah. guy? Like, who's their guy guy? They've the got great thing- a lot of small midfielders. That's, that's Spain's guys. Lots yeah. of... The whole thing about Spain is, is, is that Spain doesn't have one guy. Mm-hmm. Spain has, I mean, Spain have probably 30 of the world's best footballers, and they right. had to leave out seven of them and just bring, you know, 23 of the world's best footballers. Right. It's, it's an absolute embarrassment of passing talent um, all over the field. Spain's uh, team do pretty well at the World Cup. I think they would make it out of a group. Yeah. And I think they would qualify. I think they would qualify out of Europe and would probably win a World Cup group. Yeah. Damn. Uh, uh, who else are some of the... I mean, obviously, you got Brazil, Spain, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, he's with... Portugal, are they gonna do anything at all? Or currently nursing an injury. Okay, so see, so not really gonna be too much of an impact, I guess. Oh, well, I wouldn't it, say that. Yeah, it's still it. It depends on. It's not too severe, so he could easily come back and play well. Um, but yeah, I mean, Portugal is almost. You could say Portugal is more of a one-man team. You've got Ronaldo. And then, I mean, a couple other big names. They're very weak at the back. Mm-hmm. The, the midfield is fine. I think that they're, you know, it feels like they've been playing forever with a midfield trio of Real Morelish, Miguel Veloso, Joao Moutinho. And Moutinho's great, but I don't, I don't know. Morelish has never really impressed me. Um, I'm a Liverpool fan as a matter of full disclosure, uh, and I did not enjoy Raul Morales' time with Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, you know, the Portuguese are pretty strong. Uh, they really attack down the wings, uh, which makes that group really interesting. Um, I don't know if we want to sort of go by group and yeah, mention yeah, like the players and teams that yeah. Yeah. we think might uh, do well. Um, I don't know. Uh, you want to go in order or you want to jump around? Why don't we start with, uh, how about we start with Group G with Portugal and the United States, um, since I think people, and Germany and Ghana. Yeah. All right, Group G. Here we go. So, Jeremy, uh, who are, who are some of the players that you're most excited to watch in Group G? I mean, I can't say anyone but Clint Dempsey. (laughs) Clint Dempsey. And his beautiful Texas elbow tattoo. Okay, but who for real? But for real, I mean, be interesting to see who Germany puts out in its midfield. Uh, are they going to go with past performances? Are they going to go with who's playing well? Well, assuming that they play in uh, the four-two-three-one formation, um, 
I don't know how much our audience is going to be up on uh, sort of soccer tactics and field layout, um, sort of the, the like real meat and potatoes way to play is with a uh, back four, four defenders, uh, four or five midfielders in some sort of a configuration, and then either one or two strikers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Germans in recent tournaments under uh, Yogi Love, the coach, have uh, typically played a 4-2-3-1. Um, the midfield there is, I mean, it's so stacked. Like you said, there right. are there are so many options in there. Um, who do you think that he should play, and who do you think he will play? I have no idea. I, I'm curious where they put Philip Lom. I mean, he was moved to the midfield for Bayern, but historically for Germany, he's played on the back line. So that's going to be interesting. Where I haven't seen any of their friendlies. Where has he been playing for them? I also haven't seen the German friendlies lately. Is there really a German friendly? I mean, let's be honest. That's a good point. Uh, this is actually sort of a cuddly team. <laughs> They're not very threatening. Is that yeah. is that the first time anything German has been described with the specific adjective cuddly? I think so. Beyond Bastian Schweinsteiger's name, yeah, everything is nice and normal with him. <laughs> um, so we mentioned that... that United States is in this group mm-hmm. and I want to know if the news that Landon Donovan wasn't going to be on this team was as because that's like really the only like news that has been made World Cup wise as far as like in, in, in America like is that as big a deal as it was actually made out to be I got the feeling that it really wasn't but then it, I just looked up and saw he was only 32 it's and a I don't yes know, it's a yes and no answer to that. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's a big deal because he's I think he could still perform at a World Cup and perform well, but it's also not a big deal because we have other players who can perform. Uh which is kind of rare in American soccer. Normally, I mean, you're not going to have too many players who can just step up. Right. Or at that level. But now you've got I mean, Michael Bradley who yeah. I think is pretty clearly the best American out there. And Absolutely. he is going to play in the midfield and perform well. And then, I mean, Landon, I mean, we've got players on the wings who can get good service into the box. And then it's just a matter of, can our strikers finish? Well, the other question that I have about the American team, especially in this group, is whether our defense can hold up. Right. Um, and I'm looking at the teams in this group and I mean, the wide attacking talent that the American defenders are going to have to contend with could potentially be something like this. Marco Royce from Germany, the, uh, the Dortmund winger who's been absolutely killing it the last couple of years, uh, Mario Gutze, Andre Schorla. Uh, from Portugal, of course, you've got Ronaldo and uh, Nani. And then uh, with Ghana, you've got the AU brothers uh, and Christian Atsu uh, just flying at you. So can our fullbacks contend with that? Well, did you watch the uh, Turkey game? No, I haven't watched the friendlies. I don't watch friendlies. That's fair to a point. The, what was apparent to me is uh, Timmy Chandler... 
would get caught out of position, but he had the speed to make up for it. I mean, not, Turkey's good, but I mean, they're no Germany or Portugal, especially, I mean, when you're talking about like Ronaldo or Royce or something. So it, it remains to be seen whether like if he makes a mistake, it could be much more costly against a Germany or Portugal or even a Ghana. Now, I have to make one additional disclosure about my personal involvement with the uh, American team. Uh, American center back Matt Beasler and I grew up together. Oh, wow. Yes. We carpooled to preschool. We were in class together until we were like nine years old. Uh, is, is he any good? I have not seen him play since we were nine. <laughs> So you well, have like the first scouting report on him, like ever. He was he was way better than I was at nine. <laughs> I would imagine the gap has uh, narrowed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean he's good. Uh, I think it looks like the back line is going to be Beesler and Cameron, I believe. Yeah, Cameron in the center, who uh, for his club team Stoke City plays. Uh, he plays right back, and I I have always thought he was terrible there for Stoke. Is he better in the middle? Is he? Um, you know, the defense didn't look great against Turkey. Hopefully, I'm gonna try to watch the Nigeria game. He's really their problem is communication. They haven't spent a lot of time together, so there's a lot of miscommunication, who's checking what run, uh, when to press up, you know, when to get the line back, when to do the offside trap. So a lot of that is still a work in progress. And would you say that uh, Tim Howard's reputation uh, for, let's say, not, not being the best organizationally uh, from, from the back, would you say that that's... Uh, an additional hindrance to uh, yeah. the Yanks' chances of getting out? Yeah, I mean, I'm always optimistic. I, it definitely is. I mean, Tim Howard has that reputation. He's more of a yell at about it later instead of fix it now kind of goalie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> while, while we're uh, disclosing our, our personal allegiances and, and any sort of past we have, with the sport, uh, I would like to go on record uh, as just saying I am uh, as I would always love to see uh, USA thrive in the World Cup. I am unapologetically uh, a, a, an Italian team supporter um, uh, through thick and through thin, no matter what. Um, and uh, and that's you know been like I said, that was kind of. Uh, you know, that wasn't the reason why I got into the 06 World Cup, but it was a cool one. It happened. Uh, sure Jeremy, where do your, uh, uh, and, and also like club uh, uh, loyalties lie? Well, um, I do not have the rich Italian background or any rich country background that you do, Rich. So I'm always a U.S. fan and then shamefully a Tottenham fan, okay. which has been very depressing the past few years. My condolences. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right, cool. So I think that kind of does a pretty good job for Group G, unless there's anything else you guys uh, desperately wanted to add there. Well, it's, it's clearly the group of death. Um, like, 
I think you could say any team could get out of there. Ghana could. I mean, Ghana. Who do you think will get out? Who do you think will get out? My picks are Germany and the U.S. Germany. Mine are uh, Germany and Ghana. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, I I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just going to look to you guys for picks. Uh, Tony, since you suggested we started off with Group G, Jeremy, how about you go ahead and pick our next group? Let's just go straight up to Group A. Let's group A. Uh, get back in order again. All right. This group consists of Brazil, Croatia, Mexico, and Cameroon. Um, so let's. Uh, we already did talk a little bit about the Brazilian team, so I don't think we need to kind of retread those uh, uh, topics. Um, and uh, unless I'm sure something else will come up while talking about the other teams and how they'll match up. But uh, how about Croatia? Anything Very interesting team. Yeah, Very interesting. interesting team. How yeah. so? Uh, the midfield. Okay. For the Croatians, mm-hmm. um, and their strikers are 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 pretty formidable. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, I think that uh, Croatia is gonna make it easily out of this group. Um, I don't think they're gonna have any trouble. Uh, they've got quality all over the field. Um, the center of defense is gonna be really solid. Dejan Lovren playing in there. Dario Serna bombing up the wing, uh, like he's been doing for what seems like decades. In the middle, Luka Modric. Ivan Rakitic, who's been a revelation for Sevilla this year. Um, and then Mario Mandzukic of Bayern Munich right at the top uh, with Ivica Olic supporting. So the Croatian team is is really, really strong, and they're going to be really fun to watch too. I think uh, the Brazil-Croatia game should not be missed. They have some of the best jerseys. And they both. do, the red and white checkerboard. They're so good. Uh, now, okay, that's actually a good point because something that Jeremy did keep talking to me uh, about uh, leading up to this was uh, how much he wanted to get in depth about the jerseys. So oh. as we go along, please, if, if it's jersey worth noting, by all means, bring it up. Absolutely. All right. Uh, the, best, the best kit in that group. The Brazil iconic blue and yellow with yellow top, or Croatia with the crazy colors? I had a big internal debate about this with myself. I think I have to go Croatia. It's just more visually interesting to me. And unique. Incredibly unique. It is unique. It is unique. All right. Uh, Moving on to the next team, Mexico. Anything of note there? Yeah, they would not be in this World Cup unless the U.S. had lost their final group game. Really? They owe us a spot in this World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they like, scraped in. Uh, they, they, they fired the national team manager, was it two matches before the end of qualifying? Or was yeah. it right before the playoff? They, yeah. And then they had two interim managers, and then they finally settled on one. Mexico... I don't think there's much potential for Mexico here. No, I mean, yeah. They, they kind of backed in, and they're sort of a mess, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just really. don't see that much talent there either. Right. right. It's a lot of Mexican league players, too. Um, and their their manager, I think, is the uh, Club America manager as well. But, I mean, so there's the argument to be made that as a group, They'll, they'll mesh, they'll be a cohesive unit, but 
I just think Brazil and Croatia have too much talent. And so how about uh, is Cameroon in the same boat then? Because it seems the way you guys are talking, it's pretty much Brazil and Croatia are going to be the two coming out of this group. The Cameroonians are really incomplete. Um, their goalkeeping situation is going to be a disaster. Their defensive situation is going to be a disaster. Um, at the front, they're going to be fine. Um, I think they're probably going to play with two, with uh, Samuel Eto'o uh, just behind uh, Vincent Abubakar, um, who had a great season for Lorient. Um, but the midfield just isn't going to be able to keep the ball in this group. I think they're going to have a lot of trouble against Croatia and against Brazil and against Mexico, frankly. Um, I could see Cameroon losing all of their games in this group. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I, I, want, I always want African teams to do well. They're just more fun. But, yeah, there's not too much hope there. Even Eto'o's old. No one really knows. No one's completely sure he's 33. Yeah, that was a big story this year. Was it really? Mm -hmm. uh, his own club manager, Jose Mourinho, uh, questioned whether Eto uh, lied about his age. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then had to back away from that really quickly when uh, Eto scored like some really vital goals for them, um, <laughs> which was funny. I mean, it's, it's very possible he's not. Oh, it's very possible. It's very possible. Um, there was uh, recently a story about, um, help me out, Jeremy, a uh, player that plays in the Italian League. Um, I, I want to say in the Juventus youth setup, um, who, or it might be Parma, who uh, claimed that he was 17, but there were media reports that he was 40. Oh, my God. I missed that somehow. How does, how does that happen? That's um, so it turns out he had like some bone scans or something and you know like you can count the rings in a tree i guess you can do that with bones <laughs> um and it turns out that he just looks super old but he's actually 17 so he's like like super greg odin yeah yes absolutely fantastic <laughs> that's awesome i also do want to give you guys uh very uh, a lot of credit on how well um how seamlessly and, and effortlessly you guys are pronouncing these names. I uh, would love to have a future podcast where it's mullet uh, just reading off all of these names. Um, I've listened to that for sure. So Brazil and Croatia uh, pretty much locks to come out of this group then, both of you guys? Barring yeah. future surprise, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tony, next group. Um, let's go to – let's do one for Rich. Let's go to group D. Ooh, I wonder who's... Ah, there they are. This is a fun one. It looks fun. It's a very fun group. Um, I think this is one of the couple of groups that has a claim for being the group of death. Mm -hmm. these, these all seem like great vacation spots. Italy. We have, we have Italy, England, Uruguay, and Costa Rica. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, all right, I'm going to make us all talk about Italy first. Rich, I have a I have a new favorite player for you. I think that okay, you were telling me about this guy a few months ago, mm -hmm. and I forget his name, but I wanted you to give me the rundown on him again. I on my notes I have the Italian guy Jeremy said I would like. Oh, I you're gonna love him, Mario Palatelli. 
That's oh. right. Exactly. Tony, uh, Tony knows. Super Mario. <laughs> Super Mario, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, because, like, okay, my, my, the guy that I fell in love with back in 06 was uh, Gattuso, who was just loved his attitude and his feistiness. Why? What about Super Mario, as it were? Am I, what I, am I going to love? Well, he is a complex character, to say the least. Yes. Uh, he, uh, he's born from uh, immigrant parents in Italy, so he's the only black Italian on the team. And, I mean, one of the few black people in Italy. I mean, not a huge immigrant population there. Although and a country getting... really known for its racial tolerance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So already some... some Tough, a tough upbringing. And then he uh, kind of makes his name a little bit in England and at uh, Manchester City for an Italian manager. So uh, while he's over there, he was known for some antics. Uh, some you want to get into those a little bit, Jeremy? Oh, I, would I think a lot of them are fun. <laughs> I think most of them are pretty harmless. Yes, yes. He was, Exactly. So a lot of the English media would kind of describe him as this crazy person, but most of his antics are very childish. And I mean, you would, you could say immature, but I mean, clearly it's a guy who's come into money and is trying to live out a childhood he'd never had. All right, so let's hear him. So uh, he was the one who threw darts at some youth team players, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> Which pretty great. Uh, um, there was also the time that uh, a fire brigade was called to his uh, palatial Manchester estate uh, because uh, he and his friends were uh, setting off fireworks in his bathroom and <laughs> set it on fire. There was one, uh, he was interested in a girl, so he just followed her home. She didn't really know who he was. And he went in, talked to her uncle or father or something for a few minutes and then left. Uh, Mario has a habit of injecting himself into other people's lives and problems in <laughs> interesting ways, um, including uh, a time that he was uh, out, I think he was out driving, and he saw uh, a kid who should have been at school, and he wasn't. And he stopped and asked him, why are you in school? The kid said, I was getting bullied. So Mario took the kid in his car, drove over to the school, and he talked to the bully, and he got the bully to stop. What? Exactly. And uh, he's known for driving around in his expensive cars, sometimes with lots and lots of cash on him. Yeah. So, Mario Balotelli is, let's say that, like, like, if he was an NBA player, I think he'd be Nick Young, <laughs> but... More talented. Yeah, like a lot better player than Nick Young. How do you right. say Swaggy P in Italian? God, I God. wouldn't say, like... Dennis Rodman, but without, like, some of the stuff. Dennis Rodman seems more dangerous to himself and others, to me. Oh, wait. You know who he might be? J.R. Smith. Oh, no. Don't tell me that. Again, with more talent. Yes. Just, yeah. just add with more talent to everything. Mario okay. Bellotti okay. is still young, and he's has the ability to change games by himself. Yeah. Uh, turns out Swaggy P in Italian is just Swaggy P. So, and I'm glad I know that now. 
Um, Please start calling Mario Balotelli Swaggy B. Swaggy B. Absolutely. Yeah, Swaggy B. I love that. Oh, absolutely. Also, uh, one, the driving, like the carrying around large sums of cash. It also just, that's like a total Floyd Mayweather move as well. Ooh, um, yeah, that's another that's good that's uh, not a comparison. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, a good call. Uh, those, all those things that you just mentioned, like, are things that it sounds like, like, that's why I'm like, like never gonna begrudge uh, coming into a lot of money, but just th- those sounds like things that I would do if I ever had the money to just do that shit. Exactly. Well, I forgot one of my favorite ones too. He would he he'll score goals in games. He's known for his uh, after goal celebrations. The most famous he had a T-shirt on under his jersey that said "Why Always Me," which is very very famous. So he and, just sounds yeah. like. Like why always him? The combination of uh, every uh, uh, just loud, brash, uh, 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 like American athlete that makes headlines for unathletic reasons, but talented. Exactly. Yeah. Plus all of the underlying racial issues. Yeah. The right. fact that 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 he gets horrible racial abuse from his own fans. Right. Like, so he uh, left Manchester City, was it uh, last summer or maybe a couple of Januarys ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now is back playing for Rich's beloved AC Milan um, and baby. playing well. But, I mean, it's he has a really hard life. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a top. Well, that's... Uh, so, I think Italy are going to top the group. I'll okay. say that right up front. I agree with that, yeah. I think a lot of people are underestimating them this year. Yeah. They have an incredible defense. The Always. midfield is, I mean, you could basically play the back four from Juventus. With Rich, you're going to love it. Gianluigi Buffon is still in goal. Really? Oh, my God. Right. Gigi was old when he won the cup in 06. Yeah. He's still in goal. He's still killing it. Uh, oh, now? Like 60? <laughs> uh, he, he has to be at least like 39. I mean, at least. He's probably 40. Um, but then the Italians uh, also... He is, he's 36. No. Yeah. That's I mean, early. again, who knows what ages mean? Uh, Jesus. But, he could play at the next World Cup. Yeah. Could, yeah. Theoretically. Um, but then uh, they will typically play uh, a back three with wing backs, with the three center backs, all of Juventus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrea Barzaghi, Leonardo Bonucci, and Rich, you're going to love him, Giorgio Chiellini is back. Mm. The hardest man in football. Um the midfield, Jeremy, tell the people about Andrea Pirlo. Oh, he just gets better with age. Yeah. Like a fine wine. His beard does as well. Yeah. Like, the grayer it gets, it just, like, flows into his mane. He just somehow ages into a Renaissance statue. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. I like that. He's um, like a David. Very exciting young player to watch on the Italian team. In the center of the midfield, 
maybe out wide a little bit sometimes if they need to. Uh, Marco Verratti of uh, mm-hmm. Paris Saint-Germain. Um, this guy's going to steal some minutes from somebody like De Rossi. I was... Uh... How did you feel about the Montalivo injury? Did you think he would start? Not in that midfield. Not if it's going to be three. That's it's too hard to get into that midfield. Yeah. Sort of an impact substitute. Montalivo is a really, really nice player. But you have to start Pirlo. Right. I think at this point, you, you, know, you probably have to start De Rossi. Um, and then, I don't know. Yeah, somebody to go forward. You're right. They might be missing his, 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 his drive, you know? Exactly. And always... he's, he's played with Bellatelli before, so you have that, I mean, connection. Yeah, yeah. It's a hard thing to say. It's a hard thing to say. Right. Because in a three-man midfield, in any good three-man midfield, you need... The man to get the ball, the man to make the pass, and the man to make the run. Mm-hmm. And the Italians, De Rossi is going to get the ball, Pirlo is going to play the perfect pass, and Montalivo would, would, would really love to get forward. So mm-hmm. that's a tough blow for them. You're right. You're right. Well, I am... I, I do love hearing all of the, the familiar names as, as long as I haven't followed but it also because it's like comfort food but at the same time it does kind of make me a little nervous that they might have a lot of age but then again you do keep bringing up these youngsters that it seems they have so um i'm liking what i hear the fact that you guys can go on and on about them uh makes me excited to to watch them again this year um the The wingbacks too really sorry the wingbacks milan decilio and abate that is going to be fun to watch too. Really like Abate. Yeah, yep. He's so, been great for Milan. So are they going to? Uh, again, the way you guys keep talking about them, it sounds like uh, they're going to win the group, Rich. Well, they're going to win the group, but like, what kind of style of play are we going to get? Like a traditional Italian style of play where you get a lead and try to hold on to it, or are they going to be lighting people up? Kind of in between. I mean, they're not going to sit back all day. No, but, no. But they're not just gonna go bomb at you and play all offense okay yeah i think it's gonna be hard for them because they don't have a runner up up the center you got to carry the ball mm-hmm. uh, yeah you gonna stand back and pull the strings from from a little further back and we were gushing about mario balotelli but he doesn't run with the ball he's an excellent finisher but he's 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 an inside the penalty box guy gotcha yeah, so I think we we're wrapping up uh, talking about Italy. Um, and you still haven't even gotten to England or Uruguay. I, I did want to talk about England real quick because they're obviously the next, uh, the other heavy hitter in this group, at least if you're going into it without knowing anything. Um, so England, the, uh, the, the former empire, what, what, what do we have to look forward to from them? Are they going to kind of wither away? Are they going to make any noise? How do you feel about uh, the team that Roy Hodgson named? Well, um, picked some young players, which I like. Uh, they're finally getting rid of some of the older members. Although, I mean, yeah. Gerard and Lampard are there. But 
that didn't take Ashley Cole, some other members of that older generation. Um, yeah. I still think Uruguay is going to get out of that group, especially in their home continent. I, I don't know. I just think England is a perennial disappointment. They typically are. And, I mean, I think, like a lot of Americans, I follow the English League very closely. Um, like I said, I support Liverpool. Uh, there's a lot of Liverpool players in the England squad, um, which is a good sign because Liverpool were really fun to watch last year. Um, they they scored almost 100 goals. Um, they put the title all the way to the last day and lost it. Um, but they have some really good, uh, exciting young players. Raheem Sterling, I think, needs to start for England. Um, I think probably Jordan Henderson does, too. Um, and Daniel Sturridge, again, is... I think he's a player like Balotelli in terms of style. Excellent yeah. finisher. Yeah, I mean, really, the more Liverpool players England has in there, the better, given how they played. The, I mean, for me, as a neutral to England, well, I won't say that because I like watching them lose. But, uh, yeah, they're just exciting when Liverpool players are there. Thanks for saying that, man. They're fun to watch. All right, uh, moving right along. It seems uh, the only other team you guys really, or it may have been Jeremy, uh, he brought up uh, was Uruguay. Um, is Costa Rica like sort of the kind of the one you count out of this group, or I well, do? They're not, they're not terrible, but they're they're not gonna be any of these teams. No, no. This is a contender for the group of death, and I don't think that Costa Rica can really contend here. Right. Now, Uruguay, I, I on just, the other hand. Uruguay, relative to their size, I mean, you would say one of, they're one of the best soccer nations in the world. They've won two World Cups. They beat Brazil in 1950 in Brazil. Uh, I mean, of course, those were years ago, but last World Cup, they finished fourth, right? Yes. Um, and uh, was there man Diego Forlan named player of the tournament, if I recall? I think he was, yeah. Um, the, the forward line for Uruguay with Diego Forlan, Luis Suarez, and Edinson Cavani, who is the hardest working man in football um, and a gorgeous, gorgeous man. Um, I'm not <laughs> afraid to hair. say it. Yeah, that hair. The hair. Uh, he's got a really chiseled jawline. Um, Oh, sorry, you guys. Um, <laughs> I think it was getting a little hot over here. He looks yeah. like a one of the members of the Three Musketeers to me. Yeah, he's really swashbuckling. Um, mm -hmm. And those abs. Yeah, let's take a moment and... Uh, I guess ourselves. take a moment right now to Google image search. What was his name again? Edinson Cavani. There you go. C-A-V-A-N-I. Um, so go ahead, press pause on the podcast now. Take care of mm -hmm. whatever you have to take care of. And welcome back. Uh, so between these four teams, well, between the three teams, because it sounds like Italy is, is winning the group, um, who else do you guys have? Who is the other team you guys have coming out of the, the group D? I have Uruguay. I have England. Okay. Um, 
and really only because of what I see as as maybe some trouble in the Uruguayan midfield and defense. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, next group. Let's uh, let's go over to Group B. Group B. Mm-hmm. Spain, Netherlands, Chile, and Australia. Man, we're we're all over the place with this one now. Um, uh, we already talked about Spain. I don't know if you guys want to go any further in depth, but you guys are gushing pretty pretty hard up top about Spain. So for the sake of just kind of moving on, um, I'll just go down the list that I'm looking at here. Uh, the Netherlands, how are they looking? They made some noise. Uh, they, they usually do like sort of make some noise unexpectedly, don't they? 2010 runners-up to Spain. That's Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lost an extra time in the final. Mm-hmm. I guess you can consider that making some noise. I'm an idiot. <laughs> it was kind of... Uh, people in the Netherlands weren't happy because of the style they played. Uh, it was sort of a defensive... Just, just it a was reaction. violent. Yeah, it was it, violent. Exactly, yeah. Nigel but, de Jong almost killed Xabi Alonso <laughs> on the field. Yeah, that's true. He, with, with a kick to the chest. He put the bottom of his cleat into Chabi Alonso's breastbone. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't do that to Chabi Alonso. <laughs> uh, are they are they going to be playing like that again, or do they have like a different approach? I, I mean, I think the way they set up, I think they're going to have a pretty different approach. Um, <laughs> I think they're going to try to attack wide as they typically do. Uh, which you would when you've got Aryan Robin. Um, who, they seem to be building around him, almost. I think they should. I think he's their best player by some distance. I don't know what you think about that. I, I agree. I mean, I just don't like him like everyone else. Oh, I don't like him either, Given but he's his, great. Oh, of course. He's just very easy to hate. He's well, very... The thing about Robin is that number one, he's a dickhead, and <laughs> and number two, he's a confounding player to watch because the book on him is that he always does the same thing. Aryan Robin plays wide on the right, uh, but he's left-footed, so he picks up the ball on the right, and he always cuts in onto his left foot, and he tries to shoot or make a pass with his left foot, but he always cuts inside. And he's been doing it for years, and people still can't stop it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just like, you know, you know the, the handoff up the middle is coming, but it's Barry Sanders, so just try to stop it. It's money every time. Yeah, yeah. Robin's great. So this group really uh, comes down, I think, to Chile and the Netherlands. Um, right. And who do you like between uh, Chile and the Dutch? I have Chile. Uh, the Dutch are also known, if they don't perform well at a World Cup, they're known for incredible dissent within the team. Just really clash of egos, all that. I think that might happen again. Chile, home continent. That's usually teams performing on their home continent historically do well in World Cups. And Chile are fun to watch. They are really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about a South American World Cup is that no European team has ever won the World Cup on South American soil, um, so it's tough to do. 
the Dutch, again, they fight. Dude, they fight so hard. Um, and they keep bringing back the same guys that are instigating the fights. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Chile. I, no, sorry, go ahead. Who are the players who are fighting? I don't know the entire backstory. I just know they all hate each other. I think a lot of it is Wesley Schneider. Okay. Um, I think it's no coincidence that he's bounced around quite a bit in his club career. Um, he's been playing in Turkey for the last couple of years with Galatasaray, and he seems perfectly content for that, and no one in Europe seems very interested in picking him up. Right. Well, for a player of his talents, I mean, yeah. I think some team in Germany or Spain or England would want him. But he won I, the Champions League, for God's sake. Exactly, yeah. But, the Chilean team, like you said, really strong. I also have them going through. Um, I think a lot of it hinges on Arturo Vidal in the middle. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to do so much work against Spain. Um, the Netherlands are also going to be a difficult task for him, and he has a lot, a lot to do there. So no love for the Aussies? I mean, I, I love them. They're not going to do well. They're not worth talking about. No. Wow. They're on a vacation, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> they they qualify through Asia now, right? They they yes. thought Oceania was too much of a joke, so now they went through Asia. Which good for them, I guess. But yeah. So coming out of this group, we have Spain and who's the other team? Chile. Chile. Yeah. Chile? Okay. All right. Uh, whose turn is it to pick a group? I've already lost track. I believe Tony. Tony? Let us go to Group F. Group F. Switzerland, Ecuador, France, and Honduras. I know nothing about any of these, so let's start No, that's with Group Swiss. E. That's Group E. Oh, Group E? Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we'll get back to those teams. Uh, again, a group I know nothing about. We have Argentina, and I'm a little familiar with Argentina. Uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, Herzegovina, Iran and Nigeria. So Argentina, eh? Definitely. Yeah, that's the right reaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the right reaction. Okay. It it really was. They're an interesting team. They've been trying to build around Messi for years with varying success. It's a terrifying front line. Lionel Messi, Sergio Aguero, mm -hmm. who I, I am only worried about his hamstring. True. I mean, they left, left Carlos Tevez, didn't they? They did leave Carlos Tevez. Anytime you can leave Carlos Tevez and be okay, I think you're still pretty scared. You're in great shape. Um, yeah. Lionel Messi, Gonzalo Higuain, Sergio Aguero, Rodrigo Palacio, and Ezekiel Lavezzi, one of my favorites. I think a player Rich would love. Uh, he's got a great beard. He does. And he played in Naples for a good number of years. For, yeah, a good team over there. With Edinson Cavani. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, um,. So I think it's fair to say Argentina are going to qualify pretty easily out of that group. Right, yeah. That's a, a warm-up for them. Okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, what about Bosnia? I think they're going to come out second, um, mainly because Iran isn't going to give anyone trouble, I don't think. No. And Nigeria, they also seem to underperform. 
They they have historically underperformed, but they're the current African champion. True. Um, I think they acquitted themselves well at the Confederations Cup last year. Um, they've got, you know, I think they have a decent amount of talent. Um, the midfield's going to be a, a bit of a struggle for them. Um, but I don't think there are many other strong midfields in this group. Even Argentina, I think there are questions about their midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nigerians at the top, uh, Ahmed Musa, I think, is a player to watch, definitely. Uh, sort of a speedy winger. He's like five foot five, but he, just, he absolutely flies. Um, Peter Adam Wingy. I don't know how you feel about him, Jeremy. It's, he's a he's another character. He's the one who drove down to request a transfer. Got in his car on the transfer deadline day, and it didn't work. So he had to shamefully drive back. Yeah, he like he like showed up at the door of was it QPR? Someone someone that wasn't westbound, right? Yeah, and basically asked them to buy him, mm-hmm. and they said no. And so it like he, played out live on television. So he had to drive back. Yeah, he like, like got in his car and drove back. Like yeah. how when you say this played out live on television? Transfer deadline day is like free agent signing day in the U.S. condensed to one day, almost. So I mean, there's coverage. I would imagine I haven't watched. So there was like breaking but, news. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's in his car driving. Twitter was incredible. Really? Twitter oh, was imagine. incredible. So <laughs> there's always like, there's always great transfer deadline day stuff. Um, always. Probably my favorite one was when uh, uh, Liverpool were going to sell their winger, uh, Ryan Babel, and like they flew him out in a helicopter. Like, they couldn't get him out fast enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, they didn't like him. I didn't like him. I, this is I, before Liverpool's renaissance. It was, it was like sort of in the midst of when they were, when they used to be good. Mm-hmm. He was on the team, but he was only ever a substitute, and right. you never felt like he was going to come up with a winning goal. No. Um, and then he's kind of there for the intervening years for a couple of years. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I have Nigeria qualifying out of the group. I have Bosnia. Isn't Evan Dzeko is on Bosnia, correct? Yes, he is. is. Okay, there we go. Yes, so they've he is. got they've got someone who can, I mean, arguably make a difference. I, Evan Dzeko is kind of a streaky player. But he's incredibly potent. Um, True, yeah. And he shows up at the big moment, too, which <laughs> is going to be huge for them. Right. Um, I love their attacking midfielder, Miralem Pjanic. Uh, he plays for Roma. Uh, he's a great young player. Um, I think he and Dzeko are going to do some exciting things together. I think that's going to be a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, is their first World Cup, too. It is. So, that's I think that was my reasoning, just for them to go out, play well, excite their uh, their fans, and then yeah, I I don't know I I just don't trust the the African teams in World Cups. 
All right. Um, all right, so Jeremy, next next group. Speaking of not trusting African teams in World Cups, <laughs> let's go. Let's go to Group C. Oh um, no! <laughs> oh man! All right, so Group C consists of Colombia, <laughs> Greece, the Ivory Coast, and Japan. Uh, so I can only imagine, Jeremy, that you were referring to Japan. Yes, clearly. <laughs> uh, so not trust. Oh man. So uh, where where are we at? I got nothing for any of these teams. Well, I, I guess we should start with Ivory Coast since we were yeah. just talking about African teams. They're they had a golden generation that never won anything. It's still kind of kicking around. You still got Drogba, the Toure, yeah. yeah, Yaya Toure, who might be one of the, who is one of the best midfielders in the world. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I, I have them getting out of the group in second, but okay. still, it's a very wide open group. I Absolutely. would say, yeah, Absolutely. One, of the, one of the most wide open. Um, I have them qualifying out of the group, uh, finishing first. Um, I just, I just really like, uh, the midfield and the forwards. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the defenses in this group are the strongest, uh, except for Greece, of course, uh, which is tragic. We (laughs) can hopefully not talk for very long about them. Um, but you know, Ivory Coast is going to fly at you. Uh, Mm -hmm. the attacking line, Gervinho, again of Roma, Who's uh, been playing? Solomon well, Kalou, yeah. and I don't know what you think about starting Wilfred Bonney over Didier, but uh, I it's think they tough. should start Bonney. They should. I mean, they should based on results. They yeah. they should start Bonney, but uh, Papa Cool is that his nickname? That is his nickname, Papa oh. Cool. How do you not like that guy? Great nickname. That's great. I work with two guys from the Ivory Coast, so I'll, I'll get their opinion. The elephants. But yeah, I think I think they're still in on Drogba. I mean, it's hard. He's done so much for the country that I think yeah. it's gonna be a tough political decision for them to bench him. He's like he's stopped war in Ivory Coast. Yeah, he did. Sort of. That's uh, uh, that was the uh, Champions League final, right? Mm-hmm. So, Jeremy, you said you had the Ivory Coast qualifying in second in that, correct? Yes. Who do you have qualifying in first? I have Colombia, even without Falcao. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's a big loss. I may have to rethink that. I did that a few days ago, but, I mean, that's a huge loss. Is is that, like, their guy? Yeah. Okay. He, uh... One of the best players in the world when he's healthy. He went out with what was it, an ACL? Yeah, he tore his ACL. Yeah, in a French ago. league cup game against like a second or third division yeah, side. Exactly. I mean, really tragic. He, yeah, this guy just just hacked him down. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a damn shame. Yeah. And um, I mean, this week he uh, he went in a press conference and gave his one one of his spots or his spot away. On the team, to he said it wouldn't be fair if he took the spot of someone who was fit and could make a difference. Yeah, which hell of a guy. Yeah. yeah. 
So, Tony, needless to say, you had a pretty surprised reaction to that. Uh, Jeremy picking Columbia. Who did you pick? Well, I had uh, Ivory Coast. Second. I had Ivory Coast finishing first, and mm-hmm. I had Greece finishing second. Okay. Not because I like Greece. Uh, <laughs> no they're, oh, they're terrible, terrible to watch. <laughs> There's nobody exciting. Um, but they just always get through. They just frustrate teams. Um, into, they frustrate teams into losing somehow. Or not somehow. It's pretty. They play like people think Italy plays. Yes, Greece are the are the the like ad absurdum uh, extent of the way people think about the Italians okay. as just being like negative and trying to beat you one nil and uh, just Greece. terrible. That is Greece. Greece are mm-hmm. dreadful to watch. Yeah, really, the only one who I know from Greece is Giorgio Samaras, who really will just run by himself at defenses and then get tackled, think he got fouled, and then look at his teammates like they should have done something. Yeah. Sounds exhilarating. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Like, Japan. I Like, it seems like Japan's always in the World Cup. It's and not hard for them to qualify. I mean, Asia's yeah. not as strong. Right. So, Iran like, qualified out of Asia. Mm-hmm. What's that? That should tell you, yeah. Iran qualified from Asia, and Australia so, did. Somehow, and, Iran is ranked ahead of Japan in the FIFA rankings, which is criminal. Yeah, yeah. So, is there ever reason to any ever sort of like expect any like World Cup sort of any reason to have any expectations out of them in the World Cup like ever? Japan? Yeah. They're not bad. They're they're just. I think they're going to get bullied by bigger teams like Ivory Coast. Right. I mean. Like, Ivory Coast Japan is going to be really funny to watch. It is. I think I, there's can't be any player on Japan who's taller than anyone on the Ivory Coast, is there? Like, just just put the image in your head of Yaya Toure running at Shinji Kagawa. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, Yaya Toure is like six foot five. He's probably like two hundred and twenty pounds. Shinji, uh, he rolls probably what like five five one fifty. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to, to DVR that one. Yeah. Um. All right. So pretty much, Ivory Coast. You guys both have coming out of there, and then either Greece or Colombia. But Jeremy, you might change your Colombia. Yeah. Who would I mean, you change it to, Greece? I I don't want to pick Greece just because I don't ever want them to do anything. Yeah. yeah, they just set the fun out of everything they're in. They, I mean, in 2004, they won the Euros by playing that style. The tournament and was in Greece. That's the that's only true. reason they won. That, I mean, true, but still. I know. Nothing fun ever comes with Greece. I know. Hey, I think man. they scored like seven goals in the whole tournament, and they won it. It was, it exactly. was, it was yeah. disgusting. Ooh. All right, uh, Tony, next group. Next group, let's go to... No, I just chose the... Oh, no. Uh, let's go to Group E. Let's go to Group, group e. e. Deja vu. Switzerland, Ecuador, France, and Honduras. Uh, I've said this before already, and I'll say it again. I got nothing on any of these guys. Um, so let's just start at the top with the Swiss. 
Switzerland have a fun little team. Yeah? Totally. Yeah. What yeah. kind of, they have like a fast paced style or like what sort of their, are they like chippy or what's, what's sort of their deal? They can certainly play quickly through the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I worry a little bit about them at the top. Uh, and I don't know. Uh, I'm not enamored with their fullbacks either. Licksteiner's a nice player. Um, the midfield, I think, uh, people are going to want to watch uh, Sheridan Shakiri, um, yeah, yeah. who for some reason hasn't been playing much for Bayern, um, but he's he's a really really exciting player. Right. Um, but yeah, at the top, I just don't know who will be on the end of those passes. I couldn't tell you. So let's move on then. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Ecuador. Ecuador, again, another one of those teams I don't know much about. Really, France is the team, I think, to watch here. All right, well, more than just a style of play. Tony, do you have anything on Ecuador? Um, I think the Ecuadorans are uh, playing with a heavy heart. Uh, they're, like, team leader, leading scorer. Uh, Christian Benitez uh, died last year, like, like, like during qualifying. Um, yeah, so, I mean, God bless them, they made it. Uh, I think the Ecuadorans have a bit of a reputation for qualifying out of South America because they play at altitude in their home games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they just, you know, no one can go up to Quito at, you know, X thousand feet and play 90 minutes. They, so, in a World Cup on a level field like that, I think they're going to struggle. Okay. Uh, before we get Great. to France, anything on Honduras? Anybody? Bueller? Murder capital of the world. Uh, Does that play in on the pitch? They're, they're tough, I guess. <laughs> but that's, that's all I know about them. They have a reputation yeah. for being tough. All right, then. Uh, speaking of tough... France? Yeah. <laughs> Should How do you we feel talk about, about France, Jeremy? Yeah. I mean, I think based on the rest of the group, they're clearly going to advance. Uh, yeah. What happened at the last World Cup, I think you have to talk about that when you talk about this World Cup. Now, it was again, a mutiny. It was a straight-up mutiny. What, what, yeah. uh, uh, for, for those of us that don't exactly remember... Could you please just recap exactly what happened? There was a team-led mutiny against the coach. It was Dominic was the coach at the time, right? Yes, Raymond Dominic. Who is an interesting figure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he like believed in astrology and stuff when he was picking his team, uh, kind of made some confusing decisions. Not the best uh, player manager. No, the players hated just, him. Yeah. And they mutinied on him. Exactly. Yeah. They. Uh, so France lost all of their group matches, right? I believe they did in a yeah. group that was that was pretty weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, pretty scandalous in the French press. Yeah. It was uh, shameful. Mm-hmm. It really was shameful. The players like, like locked it. themselves on a bus. The players like walked off a training field and like locked themselves on a bus and like issued a list of demands. 
why don't I remember that? That sounds kind of big. It was a disaster. Uh, it was pretty funny. So, oh, do absolutely. They, <laughs> yeah. Do they have their shit straightened out then? I think they do. Somewhat. Yeah, I mean, more than last time, for sure. Think they might be going into it with a little bit of, like, you know, sort of a, a chip on their shoulder, con- considering what happened? Um, possibly. Um, I, I just think a lot of the problem element went with Dominic. Right. I think the players are really responding a lot better to Didier Deschamps. Mm -hmm. Uh, They play uh, a really uh, fun style to watch. Um, Their goalkeeper, Hugo Lloris, uh, loves to come way out. Loves to throw the ball long to start counterattacks. I, I mean, I as a Spurs fan, I, I yeah. love Hugo Lloris. Also, another beautiful, beautiful man. That's another uh, guy to watch out for. Get your girlfriends interested in the World Cup. Show, show Hugo Lloris. Show Edinson Cavani. Uh, also, starting for France, do not show anybody. Lauren Koscielny. Uh, not a strikingly handsome man, uh, but a functional defender. Yeah. Uh, uh, the midfield. No, it was, oh my gosh. Well, he was involved in a tragic accident, wasn't he? He was. Yes. I, I was speaking more about his abilities, but yes. Oh. He, well, he's not going to win anyone over with his looks, unfortunately. No. But easily one of the best players in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Had a shout for it this year. I think he finished third. Yeah. Um, but had probably the best season of his of his career. Mm-hmm. Last season with Bayern, too. I mean, yeah. Uh, and I think they're going to play a fun 4-3-3. Uh, the midfield is going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, Paul Pogba, uh, who I think is one of the best young players in the world right now. Yeah, I don't know what absolutely. you think about him, Jeremy. Uh- Absolutely, 100% agree. Um, and then the wide men, Matthew Valbuena and Loic Remy, Ribery, Antoine Griezmann, they have options. And, uh, yeah. Uh, France are just going to keep coming at you. Mm-hmm. All right, so it sounds like consensus. Uh, France is going to be uh, yeah. leaving that. Yeah. Group number one and Switzerland number two, if I had to guess from you guys. Yes. Yeah, almost by process of elimination. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless Honduras murders everybody. Uh, all right, last group that we have left. We never know. I believe this is uh, correct. Group H. That's the last one we have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Belgium, Algeria, Russia, and Korea. Rep- the Republic of Korea. Korea South Korea. Korea. South Korea. <laughs> the, the 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 not Dennis Rodman visited Korea. Uh, who we got? Belgium. Gush yeah, Belgium, Belgium is everyone's trendy pick this year. Everyone, uh, every single writer on earth is gushing over Belgium. They a uh, lot of fun young players. Giannis, yeah. uh, who I mean, pretty much. Manchester United's only good player this past year, at times. Definitely the brightest light for them. Yeah. I mean, who uh, else? You've got company in back. Yeah. Uh, 
building from the back, uh, Thibaut Courtois of Atletico slash Chelsea, um, easily one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Is he 20 this year or 21? I, I don't know, but he's incredible for his age to yeah. be that good. Yeah, it's unfair. Um, center of defense, your boy, Jan Vertonghen. Yeah, another good, good-looking. I don't know if he speaks French or not, but great player. Uh, the midfield, again, lots of ability. Uh, Nasir Chadli, Moussa Dembele, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Marouane Fellaini. Uh, I think we can cross him off the ability list. Um, right. <laughs> you mentioned Yanazai, Eden Hazard. Who, uh, yeah. What a player this guy is. A little bit temperamental sometimes, but Dickhead. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you get to, he kicked a ball boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He kicked a child. What? <laughs> like, like out of just like the heat, or just like, like kind of out of spite, really. Yeah, the ball boy was like time wasting, wasn't he? Yeah, the, I mean, the ball boy was wasting time, wouldn't give him the ball back. I think there were still like fifteen minutes left in the game, or something, though. And yeah, he kicked him. It was pretty drastic. <laughs> yeah, uh, sounds sounds like a pretty drastic measure. Yeah, that's. The I worst. do want to say that the ball boy made the most out of it. To be fair. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say he dove. I mean, he took a kick from a professional footballer. That's true. And he's a boy. So, (laughs) but, you know, he he sold it. He sold it. We're not saying that Eden Hazard is a great person, though. No, but he is a great footballer and one of the players you will want to watch. Okay. Algeria? Not much to say about Algeria, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about South Korea? You have any thoughts, Jeremy? Not. This is where I would defer to my other friend I talked to soccer about because he is Korean. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know too much about them. Uh, you had um, the former Manchester United player, um, Park Ji Sung. Yeah. He's getting older now. Much older. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure if he's going to be of any use. But they seem to always play capably. Yeah. I think they'll finish third in the group. Um, I think they'll, you know, I think they'll frustrate probably either Russia or Belgium into a draw and then beat Algeria. They might mm-hmm. end on four points. Um I don't know. I don't think it'll be enough. Well, since you mentioned Russia, let's uh, move on to Russia then. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Russia, a team that, again, seemed to underperform a little bit for their talent. Yeah, definitely. I, they've always got one or two. I, I'm thinking back to when Arshavin shined in that Euros. They've got yeah. like one or two players who can play well individually. But, I mean, what teams are most of the players from? Like Moscow, and I don't know too much about their team anymore. Most of their players seem to play domestically in Russia, right? They do. Um, I don't think the Russian league is bad. It's not bad. They they attract a lot of foreign players as well, 
but the core of those teams are the Russian players. Usually. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another um, a player that, that really shined at the uh, 2012 Euros, Alan Jagoyev of uh, CSK Moscow, uh, young attacking midfielder, uh, should be really fun to watch. Uh, your Zhirkov still out wide on the left. Um, and then at the front, I think they're going to go with probably Alexander Kurzhakov. Uh, they might play with Kokor in there sometimes. He's still a little young. I'm not sure. Um, the Russians are I'm usually sure. pretty conservative, uh, but I think that'll, I think they'll do well in this group. That usually gets you through a group. It won't really help you in the knockout stages. No, I do not have them advancing in the round of 16. No. Especially, they play the winners of Group G. Yeah. yeah. All right, so um, who do we have leaving this group then? And Belgium's, I think, is the pretty clear number one. And who else um, do you have, Jeremy? I have South Korea just because I, wow. I see them. Yeah, I mean, just kind of a little upset pick, but... We'll see. And Tony? I have uh, Russia finishing first. Oh. Um, I think they're going to beat Belgium in a really scrappy, tight game. Is that uh, because of Belgium's sort of like an experience on the world stage? I mean, I think so. I just don't see where the Russians are, are weak that the Belgians are going to be able to like really get at them. Um, the Belgians also don't really have full backs, uh, which is a tough thing for them. Okay. They, yeah, they I mean, up, sometimes Vertonghen plays out wide, but I wouldn't yeah. say that's his, they push his him out position. Left. Yeah. They push yeah. him out left, and uh, they'll play, uh, God, I'm going to butcher the name, Toby Alderweireld, uh, who <laughs> plays for Atletico Madrid. They'll play him out wide right, and, and I, I don't know. Neither of those guys can really go forward with the ball too well. Yeah, you wouldn't call them really attacking fullbacks. No, and I don't really like either of them in 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 space against uh, the Russian wide players. No. So, I don't know. I could see that game going either way, uh, but I think Russia's going to take care of business against uh, South Korea and Algeria. All right, uh, so this will probably be before we move on to what I want to talk about, some like possibly ideal matchups outside of group play. Uh, before we do that, while we're just wrapping up, like having all talking about all the teams, all the nations, uh, Jeremy, we kind of dropped the ball a little bit on uh, Jersey Talk. Talk about oh, yeah. uh, nations kits. So if you want to just like run down just a few of them real quick or just like, you know, some some uh, some faves, some faves I'll give uh, you for the people best. to go ahead and like, you know, Google search while they're listening to this. And, yeah, uh, you know some some stuff to look out for. Yeah, I'll give you some of the best and some of the worst. Okay. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um. So Croatia clearly has some of the best. That checkerboard pattern is mm-hmm. just always fantastic. Um. Brazil is the cla- really any team with classic uniforms. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the Netherlands orange is always always stands good out. Looking. Yeah. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Um, yeah. I, I love France's uniforms this year. They look like French uniforms. They're is, expertly tailored. Yeah, they look sharp. Uh, they make the players look like bigger assholes when they wear them. <laughs> which yep. 
strategic. Yeah. Um, the U.S.'s uniforms this year, the white polos, I hate them. Um, and the blue in the shirt is too blue. Yeah, it's not the Like, right it's shirt. really bright. Yeah. I've heard uh, the away uniform looks like a rocket pop. That's oh, the, yeah. Yeah. That's it's like, it's... yeah, it's like uh, red and blue with like a white stripe in the middle. It does look <laughs> like a rocket pop. Right. So those are some of the notables. Um, I think Australia actually has some nice uniforms, which is surprising because yeah. you'd think they would just wear like work shirts or something. But uh, Italy, I really don't like Italy's uniforms. They kind of look Puma, just did too much with them. Yeah. And flashy. Kind of really, all you need to do with Italy is make it blue and then kind of get out of the way. Um, and they did not do that. But uh, yeah, Argentina's got the classic blue and white stripes. That always looks good. Belgium's look pretty bad. They're uh, they've got this weird like crown sublimated on there. Yeah, yeah. I that doesn't yeah. look good. It's it's pretty nineties. Yeah, it looks very nineties. And then uh, all the African teams are kind of this Puma template, which I really don't like templates, especially in the World Cup. All of the country's uniform should be unique, I think. Yeah. But they've all got this kind of like another kind of 90s, 90s-ish pattern where they're all kind of busy and I mean it, it's it's very African, which is good, but it's also very busy. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, Jeremy's fashion corner uh, for this issue, uh, for this episode, as it were. Um, what are some ideal matchups, uh, some some potential matchups that could happen that would be of intrigue or interest uh, after group play? Um, based on uh, my orders of finish, my round of 16 looks like this. Br- uh, Brazil-Chile which I think is going to be great to watch. That would be oh, uh, the uh, tournament. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, Spain-Croatia, which yeah, I think could also be game. a game of the tournament type game. Um, Ivory Coast-England, um, which, uh, I don't know. I think that would be pretty interesting to watch. Um, a lot of the Ivory Coast players are very familiar with the English style of play. <laughs> And have excelled. Um, I don't think they're going to be afraid of England. No, uh, they, would, they would not be. Yeah. No. Uh, Greece, Italy, uh, which I think the Italians would take care of business. Yeah. Um, France, Nigeria. Um, I have France going through, but I could see this as a banana peel for France. Huh. Um, Switzerland, Argentina. Germany versus Belgium, which I think would be great. Um, most of the best young players in the world would be playing on, on that field. Um, and then Ghana versus Russia. Those okay. are my round of 16 matchups. I have some of the same and some different ones. I think yours are more fun. Mine are just more... Interesting. I have Brazil and Chile, which again would be very fun. Spain, Spain, Croatia, 
And I have Colombia, Uruguay. Mm. Which would be... That would be fun. That one would be fun. Another Italy, South American grudge match. Right. Italy, Ivory Coast, which would be Ooh. fun for different reasons. Kind of more of a clash of styles. Uh, France, Bosnia, Argentina. Ooh. I could yeah. still see France losing that game. I have... that. That's my upset in the round of 16. I could see Bosnia, you know... Nicking one against them and France not being able to get through. I I have Bosnia winning that. That's my upset. Ooh, that would be and, interesting. Right? Germany, South Korea. Germany would take care of business there I think, pretty easily. And then Belgium, United States. Ooh. Yeah. I have Belgium winning that. <laughs> Poor Matt Beisler. Yeah. I mean, too much... Too much talent on Belgium for a lot of MLS players, I think. Which you would probably argue shouldn't get the U.S. out of the group, but I feel too bad to <laughs> to leave them there. I had them finishing last. It's anything is possible with that group. I feel Kevin Garnett should play. <laughs> I mean, why not get him get him ready for 2018? Get him in goal. That would just intimidate so many players on the other yeah. teams. Yeah, like if we were talking about uh, Tim Tim Howard maybe being a little too intense, maybe KG <laughs> like banging his head against the goalpost uh, instead of the you know the basket stanchion. Yeah, players would be afraid to score on him. Yeah, I mean, I that... would. He'd be pretty intimidating. And he's the perfect age for a goalkeeper. He's like 38. Exactly. He's right in his prime. He's got yeah. that length. Sweet spot. I think he'd be good. His yeah. only problem would be diving on the ground to get to those low balls. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think his back would hold up. No. Poor KG. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did I want to move on to next? Uh... I mean, we could just get to the meat of it if you guys want to hit me with your predictions of who you think may win the whole thing. It sounds like you both have already filled out your your rounds and everything, your brackets and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm looking yeah. at it right now, yeah. I think, Tony, I'm guessing you have Brazil. Winning the tournament? Yes. I have them losing in the final. To who? To Spain. Oh, Interesting. Even though they beat them in the Confederations Cup? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You just think Spain wasn't motivated for that game or wasn't prepared? or? I think Spain is like the Heat. I think they've got an on-off switch. And when they get into tournaments... Okay, so uh, Spain won the European Championships in 2008, which a lot of people say is a more difficult tournament to win than the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, the level of play is maybe a little higher because you're not dealing with the qualifiers out of CONCACAF and Asia. It's a more uh, like concentrated tournament. Yeah, and it's super high quality. Mm-hmm. So Spain won in 08, uh, then they won the 2010 World Cup, then they won the Euros again in 2012. So until somebody beats them, I just, I don't know. I don't know. 
I think that's going to be a great final. I think Spain Brazil is going to be just an an incredible game to watch. That would be fun. I have Argentina versus Brazil. Yeah, which would be fun for slightly different reasons. That'd be more of a a hostile game, I think. I I gotta tell you the way, after listening to you guys talk about it, I am really, really, really looking forward to a lot of these same continent South American matches oh. and just yeah. to see because just knowing like how crazy those crowds can get I'm man yeah I mean you've got a lot of political tensions there a lot of those teams don't like each other a lot of them play in the same country for their club teams right yeah and the qualifying there is you know yeah, everybody it's... plays everybody it's a round mm-hmm. robin it's not right. like a lot of the confederations you qualify from 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 groups you know mm-hmm. there's like 50 some European teams 50 some African teams, there's probably an equivalent of Asian teams. There's like nine teams in South America. Yeah. And then there's so, like two minnows and the rest are pretty decent. Yeah. Everybody's going to beat Venezuela. And, yeah. Um, Suriname and Guyana don't really... They don't really play, it. do they? Do they? I, I guess not, but even if they do, they don't matter. Yeah. Which one player do you think we're going to be talking about the most at, by the end of the by the end of the tournament? Jeremy, you first. Sentimentally, I want it to be Messi. Um, I just do too. Be, just because I think he is the best player in the world, but to put himself into the all-time best player ever discussion, you have to have a good World Cup. I mean, that's why we talk about Pele still. Yeah, Maradona. He, exactly. So, sentimentally, yes, sure. But who do you think we're going to be talking about? As far as, like, like a standout or, you know, I think it could be. I think it could be, for both reasons, I think it could be Luis Suarez. Or Suarez, okay. Oh. Yeah. yeah, Suarez makes a spectacle of himself. Yeah. Either through his play or through his antics. Yeah. Uh, fans may remember him as the villain of last year's was it a quarterfinal against Ghana? Mm-hmm. Um, where yeah, I think it was a yeah quarterfinal. Um, he... Go ahead. So the Ghanaians were bearing down on Uruguay. It was a tie game. It was in extra time. Yeah, I think it so. Was, it was like very near the end of extra time. Uh, the ball is is flying in. I mean, it's clearly going to be a goal. And Suarez reaches up with both hands and knocks the ball away. <laughs> so he gets a red card, and he's, which is what should happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's walking off, and the Ghanaians have to take the penalty. Um, and Asamoah Gian puts the ball over the bar. <laughs> Yeah, and Suarez is like slowly walking down the tunnel off the field, and he's like watching the penalty, and he like celebrates so hard when the guy misses. Yeah, it's like so, such a dickhead. And at that point, all of Africa was out except for Ghana. So pretty much the entire continent was rooting for them in the South Africa World Cup. Yeah. So, so really, you could say he broke the hearts of an entire continent. Yeah. 
Well, when you uh, put it like that. Yeah. But since uh, Suarez has also distinguished himself by uh, racially abusing Patrice Evra. Allegedly. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean. It hasn't been proven yet, I guess. It hasn't been proven, and I'm a Suarez fan. But, but it bothers he probably me did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely bothered by it. Um, yeah. And also, uh, fans will remember Suarez as uh, the man who bit Branislav Ivanovic on the arm. Um, four games from the end of the 2012-13 Premier League season. Yeah, which also wasn't the first time he had bitten someone. Yes. Uh, he'd also bitten somebody when he played in Holland for Ajax. Mm-hmm. Um, so this so guy is a ten- habitual man-biter. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but since biting, uh, since his 10-game suspension ended, um, he came back, led the Premier League in goals this year, uh, was incredible. Um, almost set the record for the most goals in a season. Uh, in yeah. a shortened season for him. Yes, too, because he was suspended for the first yeah. like, six games of the year. Wow. I feel like people don't talk about it that, that Actually, enough when they talk about that record, that almost record. I feel like I did hear about that, like, sort of on the edges, but nothing specific other than, like, this guy almost did it and he was, like, suspended. He's he's an absolute monster. Um, mm-hmm. Suarez was, was, for my money, he was the most exciting player in the world this year. Um, I, I mean, I mainly follow the Premier League, so I, I don't know if I can comment on that enough. But, well, uh, how did you feel about him? I mean, really, I, I read a good profile of him recently. Wright Thompson wrote a good profile of him in, for ESPN. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love watching him, but his antics sometimes, when he gets into that, he crosses the line. And it just takes away from his abilities. But he came back this year and was very well behaved. That's I true. Think. I think I like him more than I hate him, just because, I mean, it's more interesting when he's playing. I, I just can't hate players like that sometimes, even though I want to. He's a master. I think he could easily be the player of the tournament. He could easily be the villain of the tournament, like you said. Uh, yeah. But he's going he's gonna to do something. Yeah, God, exactly. I wish, I wish that was an actual... I wish that was an actual award that they gave out, the villain of the tournament. Um, I just found the stat. Uh, right before Christmas, uh, Suarez had played in 12 matches, had scored 19 goals, and made 5 assists in 12 matches. It's just... And was humiliating people. God, Liverpool must have been so much fun to follow this season. It was awesome. It was really, really good. I'm very, very jealous. Well... Anyway, other players to watch. Um, we both love Messi. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, uh, I don't know, for, for the hosts, we haven't talked about the Brazilian team. Yeah, the individual players at least. I, yeah. I think Neymar is going to perform. He sort of had a weird season for Barcelona, but when he plays for Brazil, he's been pretty electric. And, you know, a guy that, he does show up. 
and oh, yeah. the fans love him. But there's there's a ton of pressure on Neymar. I mean, everybody is looking at Neymar, and he That's is true. how old is Neymar? Twenty one, twenty two, if yeah, that. Yeah. If that, yeah. I mean, he is an extremely young man at his first World Cup, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, and it, it's unfair because there are other good Brazilian players too. There are now. Uh, what what do you think is the strength and weakness of their midfield? Their size, I, I would say, is a weakness. Um, I think they can get taken off the ball a little easily. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the options they have going forward are just kind of a little crazy, you know? You've got Oscar. You're, yeah. Oscar, Willian... Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about Paulinho? You followed him this year with Spurs. Yeah, he. I think he's good. A little bit of an erratic season, but I think that was more due to the problems that Spurs had than yeah, the context. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, he's a player that he's one of the guys that isn't hard to get off the ball. He's a big, big guy. And good going forward, too. Although he, he usually plays a little further back. But, yeah, I mean, I think... I, I'm They're sort solid. Of confused. They're yeah, very solid. I'm confused about how Paulinho is going to be just because the way Spurs season went. I don't think he's going to play very much, I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think I, they I would probably favor Fernandinho in that position. I think uh, he played... He had a more consistent Luis Gustavo. Season. Yeah, Fernandinho um, had a much more consistent season. I would, I would say. He and stood I think, out I think Manchester City. Yeah, won the league title and was yeah. was every bit a champion this year. I think his his distribution might be a little better too. Not a little bit. I think it is better. Um, <laughs> and and with that kind of flowing forward style. Fernandinho knows when to drop back and mm-hmm. sort of protect the attack. He feels more Brazilian, too. They they have such a distinct style. Paulinho, I mean, you could maybe see him playing for other countries. How do you feel about Brazilian, uh, the goalie? Is Julio Cesar still going to be their goalie? I, I think it probably is. If it's it, not... He's, pl- he's playing in MLS, right? He is playing for Toronto FC. He is on loan from an English second division team, QPR. Well, actually, now they just got promoted, so they'll be back in the league next year. But he's on 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 loan at Toronto. At what? I've never been super impressed with him anyway. But no, still, I mean, you could see Brazil giving up soft goals. I could definitely see that, um, especially since uh, the manager, Luis Felipe Scolari, likes to play David Luiz in the center. <laughs> exactly. David Luiz likes to get forward at times. And loses his head. Oh, yeah. Um, neutrals will love David Luiz um, because he looks like Sideshow Bob, frankly. He I, looks that's the, almost exactly like Sideshow Bob. That's the only uh, way to describe him, really. Um, and he plays like a fool. Uh, but he can also score like you know forty yard goals. Yeah. Uh, 
or just you know make a cutting run straight up the center. But that's probably not what you should do when you're supposed to be defending. But if you play for Brazil, I guess they like that, you know? I guess they're fine with that. I would not want yeah. to be his uh, defensive partner, Thiago Silva, one of the best in the world. Um, but he's going to have a handful playing between David Luiz and Julio Cesar. <laughs> yeah. And then um, their, their wingbacks um, is I, Danny, Danny Alves. Danny Alves. He'll still be there. Absolutely. He, yeah. He'll be starting wide on the right, the Barcelona player. And Marcelo should be on the other side, right? I, I agree. I don't see how you could put Maxwell in there. Um, yeah. And Mykon, bless his heart. How old is Mykon? How is he on the team? Didn't I he think get the exposed? fans like him a lot. I think the fans just love Mykon, but they he must. is. Yeah. The Mykon, way he got exposed years ago. Yeah. Now, formerly one of the best attacking fullbacks in the world, in mm-hmm. the Brazilian right back tradition of guys like. Uh, Cafu, I think uh, Mykon was the heir to the legend, Cafu. Um, but now he, he has to be 36, for Christ's sake. Yeah. I mean, he's, he can't move. No, he probably won't see the field, I would imagine, unless something crazy happens. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, Brazil are going to be fun, especially if they come out and play with flair in front of their home fans, which they usually do. I think they're going to show off, and mm-hmm. it's going to be great. I think it's going to be successful. I think they can definitely do so against Mexico and Cameroon. They'll have yep. time to do that. Well, hell yeah. I am legitimate. Like, like about a week ago, even a few days ago, I wasn't exactly sure how excited I was going to be and how much of this World Cup I was going to watch, but now I can legitimately say that... I am looking forward to watching these games, keeping up with these games, uh, seeking out the highlights of these games, the ones that I cannot watch, and uh, and 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 uh, recognizing random names that uh, will be said that I otherwise would not have known. And we're going to give you a spelling test, Rich. Uh, that's no, you're not. That's <laughs> I, I disagree. That is not going to happen. But, Papa Cool. What's that? Papa Cool. <laughs> Wilfred Bonney, ladies, come on. He's got the best one. Although, Swaggy B. Swaggy B, that better catch on. That's Swaggy B now, yeah. I like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely pumped up for this, this World Cup now. Uh, I want to I wanna thank you guys personally for giving me some context to, to put everything around. I'm sort of going to know the, the stories and, and, and the little intricacies to what we're going to be seeing on the, on the field. And, um, yeah, this is going to be, uh, how, how long does the world cup last again? I want to say like uh, three weeks to a month. There we go. Okay. Yeah. I think it's about a month long. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. All right, gentlemen. Well, um, I think we're about to wrap these proceedings up. Um, and we're also, uh, starting to get pretty well into the second second quarter of this uh, finals game. And it's close. <laughs> and I know you have to get out of here. Yeah, I'm I gotta. I, I, yeah. You're, we're lucky. I'm gonna even sign off. 
Uh, but yeah, do you guys uh, uh, have anything? If you guys have anything to, uh, 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 any final thoughts or any plugs or anything, you can plug your Twitter if you want. Uh, Jeremy, go ahead. Uh, I mean, not really. I'm just really, really excited to watch another World Cup. Um, they're the best sporting event in the world. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. Uh, and if you, for some reason, like what I said but don't like listening to my voice, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy H. Katz. Simple, short, and to the point. Uh, Tony? Very quickly, I want to plug a couple of players who will be in their last World Cup. I can't tell you all about all of them, uh, but you should watch them. They're legends. Um, Mycon, as we said. Um, I think this is going to be the, the last one for uh, Xavi of Spain. Didier Drogba, Andrea Pirlo, Frank Lampard, Diego Forlan. Uh, Miroslav Klose, who's one of the, he's second all-time World Cup goals and could break Ronaldo's record this, this World Cup. Um, we'll all be rooting him on. So thank you guys for all the memories. Legends of the pitch. There you go. Well, for Jeremy Katz in Brooklyn, for Tony Colt in Chicago, this is Rich Camelucci here in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, you can go ahead and turn this off now. Catch us later.